false teachers in the church do not really understand what they're saying. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV program. We are going through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We're coming up on Revelation. It's going to be very interesting. Today, 2 Peter is what we study. We're going to do that in about five minutes time. 2 Peter chapter 2. So make sure you get ready for that. Ryan is here. Ryan, what's going on? Well, I'm going to be dealing with this question today. How can Lot be called righteous in 2 Peter chapter 2 when Genesis 19 records his very poor behavior? All right, very good. Janice. Talking about what we see. All right, very good. Now, you're here, Jim. Yeah. Good to have you here. Mm. We've got a lot to talk about, and you're from Wow Mission. WowMission.com. Working for orphans and widows, so we'll talk about that. But right now, let's get back to the Bible. Open it up and get your Bible guide out. If you don't have one, why not? You should get one. Stay tuned, and you'll figure out how to do that when we talk about it a little bit later. Second Peter 2, 12 through 22. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. These are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity, a dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ— they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and... A sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Second Peter chapter two, verses twelve through twenty-two. Second Peter chapter one, two, and three. That's what we read, and we conclude or coming to the conclusion of the scriptures this year. Very exciting because next year we're going to do the same thing. 
and hopefully you're on the Bible Guide list so you can receive the Bible Guide and join us in reading through the Bible. Well, if anyone understands how the mouth follows what is in the heart, it's Peter. Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus who spoke a lot and in many cases out of turn. But in the second epistle of Peter, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, he writes to those who have obtained precious faith, precious faith about who to avoid and how to keep away from becoming entangled with false teaching, which is very relevant today. Peter actually gets personal when describing the troubles people fall into. He points out those who use their mouths to teach bad, destructive doctrines. Peter knew firsthand how our mouth can become a problem and not the solution. Now, Peter talks specifically about false teachers and prophets who were in and among the church. He explains about the corruption in how they think and what they say. This is a great way for us to make a clear search of those we listen to on the teaching of the Bible still today, including me. Very important. We need to teach from the Word of God teach from the Bible. If you have a Bible guide, turn to today's passage. If you don't, why not? Write for your Bible guide. Thank you so much for supporting us. You can write to us or call us, or you can go to Bible Discovery TV and download it. We'd love to have it uh, come with you, and thank you for making decisions about giving on today's world. is very difficult, but God is hearing and seeing what everybody does. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would be with everybody during this time. This Christmas time and this time when we celebrate, help us, Father, to realize that you are the gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we focus on this, we need to pray about our reading today because it's very interesting. Peter gets personal. And it is 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 12. Father, I pray today as we begin to embark on this journey and read the words that you gave Peter through your Holy Spirit that your Holy Spirit would activate inside of us and we would take these words and apply them to our life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2, right around verse 12. Let's pick it up there because that's what God is speaking that I want to highlight today. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things they do not understand. Okay, do you, do you realize what he said there? Speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. Verse 13, and will receive the wages of the unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices, and are accursed children. 
I mean, Peter did not make any points about this. He just said it how it was. Peter describes false teachers in the church who spoke evil about things they did not understand. Our instructions must come from God's word, the Bible. Right here. This is the Bible. It's on my iPad. And I just follow it. We read from the Bible. It's the Bible. This, this is a program about the Bible. And we cover the whole Bible in one year. We don't cover it as well as we should because we don't have the time. But we try to encourage you to read it. It's the Word of God. It's called the Word of God for a reason. Prophets are in the Word of God. That, I mean, you read some of the prophets, it's like reading a newspaper today. I'm telling you, God has spoken to us. He's spoken to you. Have you read what he said? Are you paying attention? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, these men, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he rebuked, he was rebuked for his inquiry and a dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice, restrained in the madness of the prophets. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom it is reserved the blackness, the darkness forever. Man, Peter's strong on this. Peter explains that those who choose to talk in dark ways are reserved for a dark end. We are accountable to God for what we say and believe. I am accountable to God for how I sit here and speak to you. I'm accountable. And let me tell you something. That's why we've got to keep this focused on the Bible because I know that God said that. We try our best. We don't always get it right, but we're trying. Very important. Very important. Let's go on because this gets interesting. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through the lust of the flesh, through the lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. I tell you, man, Peter was really clear on this. False teachers lead themselves and their listeners into spiritual slavery, spiritual slavery, and a destructive end. The closer we stay to God and his word, the better we stay clear of destruction. 
the closer we stay to God and his word, the better we stay to avoiding destruction. Beloved, listen to me carefully. If you never heard anything else while you're watching this program, hear this. The word of God, every word is his words. Read it every single day. Read it. Know it. Let it be a part. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study, and today we read 2 Peter chapters 1-3. to And it's in chapter 2 that Peter calls Lot righteous, not once, but twice. Now, reading this apostolic review is a surprise to a lot of people because Genesis 19 records Lot's very foolish mistakes, and they were pretty bad. So the question then becomes, how could Peter call Lot righteous when he committed such acts? Should this be considered a contradiction? Let's study. Many falsely believe that the Bible, the claimed Word of God, contains many errors and contradictions, and therefore has no right to be an authority in their lives. For example, critics ask how Lot could be called righteous in 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8, when Genesis 19 clearly records all the bad things he did. Lot was Abraham's nephew and made a poor choice to live in the wicked city of Sodom. Indeed, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah became so great that God decided to destroy them. However, God in his mercy spared Lot. Genesis 19 records the scene. Lot is sitting in the gate of Sodom when two angels arrive. He convinces them to stay with him for the night rather than in the town square. Later that evening, the men of the city surrounded the house and demanded that Lot bring out the two men that they may molest them. Lot refuses. However, he offers his two virgin daughters to them instead. Before anything can happen, the angels pull Lot inside, shut the door, and blind the angry mob. The next morning, Lot and his family are led outside the city to safety, although his wife died because she looked back. Aside from a few brief mentions, Lot disappears from the pages of Scripture until 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8, where he is called righteous two times. However, after all the bad things Lot did, how could he possibly be considered righteous? The reality is we only know about a brief portion of Lot's life. Therefore, it is reasonable to conclude that he repented later in life and that the Lord forgave him. As writer Troy Lacey points out, it is apparent from the text in 2 Peter that Lot was considered righteous. He was weak and he sinned, but he did love the Lord. He did try to call out the people of Sodom for their sin by reminding them that they were doing wicked deeds. And he tried to protect his angelic visitors. He may have been an ineffective evangelist, he says, but he was burdened and grieved over the sin he saw around them. So from this, we see that there's no contradiction here because we really only know about a small portion of Lot's life. Imagine if you and I only had a brief portion of our life recorded. It might not be very flattering either. But the fact is that the Lord is merciful, gracious, and willing to forgive us if we ask him and truly mean it. And according to 2 Peter 2, Lot seems to have done just that. 
But also keep in mind that being considered righteous before God doesn't mean living perfect lives because that's impossible. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all sin and mess up. But when we believe and trust in God and trust in the work of the sinless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, on the cross as payment for our sins, Jesus' righteousness is imparted to us. In other words, God no longer looks at our lives but the perfect life of Jesus. Like Lot, there are a lot of Christians today who unfortunately don't live the way they should either. And that's a shame, but it doesn't mean that they're not saved. God is constantly sanctifying us and making us more and more into his image. I think it's important to also remember the times were different, and uh, that's, that's a, a unique time that Lot was in, very interesting time. And uh, so we need to pay attention to that too, and the Lord helps us do that. Janet? Yeah, and you know, my segment today is, I, I think is going to be difficult, and I've been asking the Lord to help me to communicate what it is that I'm thinking about here. And it, it has to do with Lot as well, Ryan, because mm -hmm. reading in Second Peter chapter 2, it's talking about destructive doctrines, the doom uh, and the depravity of false teachers, and the deceptions that they put out there. And, and um, Peter is talking about Noah, and how that he and his family were saved and destruction came to those in, in um, God's judgment came to those in the world. And then it talks about Lot and this verse here, and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. And then in brackets it says, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds goes on to say, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. You know, when we look around and we see the condition of the world that we're living in, and you know, we're going to hear more from Jim today as well. And we were talking in the break about living conditions and, and the conditions are around different parts of the world. A lot of times we can get ourselves caught in our own culture and in our own time. We can get very discouraged and almost want to just withdraw from everything, thinking, well, we've lost, or there's nothing that we can do to make a change. But there is, and we need to, in this time as believers, lean into God and lean into His Word and get it in our hearts because we are on a mission right now to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out to the world, into our family, into our neighbors. This is not the time to shirk back. This is not the time to lay down the sword. This is not the time to hide in our basements. This is the time to, to live the testimony of Jesus Christ within us. We are not perfect people, but if we spend time in His Word every day, just like we would eat a meal, we need to get into the Word, make time for it, stop making excuses. Get into his word, spend time in prayer. It's a relationship with a living God. And so rather than taking a look at things that are so bad around us and just saying, well, there's nothing I can do about it, press in. God is our refuge and our strength. His strength is the joy that we live in, knowing the hope that we have in the life to come. And that's the hope that's missing in this world. So live it. Very good, Janice, excellent. You know, Jim, one of the things that uh, WOW Mission does working for orphans and widows um, is help orphans and widows. And yet in India, there's been a somewhat of a surprise to you and a transition. And because there's people that God wants you to work with and, and all of a sudden 
<laughs> it's work. And I, I remember when I went to India in 1979, and I was in Calcutta and New Delhi and the rest of it, uh, they had the Dalits, the lowest of them all. But now, what? Well, there's even lower than Dalits. Uh, a Dalit is uh, the untouchables, you know, in that, um, that caste system that, you know, is so characteristic of India. Um, our ministry there in Chennai are expanding their work with um, orphans and widows in a major slum. I think it's the biggest slum in the city, but also on the street, which is new since I was there the last time. And then, just the last few months, they've taken on something I never imagined. Gypsies, yeah, I, I know that gypsies originate in India. I know that. But they've decided that they're going to minister to orphans and widows in the gypsy community and snake catchers. And I said, what? Snakes? Did you say snake catchers? Yeah, snake catchers. I said, what do snake catchers do? They are employed in the villages to uh, catch venomous snakes that are biting people. And killing them, and both. So there's a high risk to that. Oh too. yeah, oh a totally high risk to that. Uh, and so you have these two people groups, gypsies and snake catchers, who, as far as the average Indian is concerned, aren't even people; they're subhuman. Even Dalits look down on them. You know, everybody look, wants to look down on somebody, right? I don't know who snake catchers look down on. Uh, mm. <laughs> I haven't heard yet. Maybe one day I'll hear. But mm. the point is that. When Jesus called us to minister to the least of these, and that's what we've been doing for 22 years with orphans and widows in sub-Saharan Africa, now in India as well, we have uh, a new subset, if you will, of the least of these. And probably on the ladder, you know, of uh, social climbing, uh, I, I thought orphans and widows were on the first rung, if not even on the first rung. Well, here's people beneath them. And by God's grace, we're already involved with them. And uh, next time Kathy and I are there, we're going to be spending time with them. I've also in India spent time with what's called Devadasi. Uh, Devadasi are sacred prostitutes. Um, and every village has two or three of these. And a man to get merit, if you will, with the, the gods above, has sex with this woman. He, he can demand it anytime he wants, as many times as he wants. She cannot resist him. And every time he does, he gets some kind of a blessing. Well, I met with 25 or 30 of them a few years ago. Beautiful young women, but so broken, so destroyed. I mean, self-esteem. What's that? They're just—they're just chattel. They're—they're—they're—they're meat, um, and they—they they have absolutely no hope for their lives. Absolutely none. And uh, I was involved there with a ministry that was reaching out to them, and you know, I—I I, I just often think, you know, when especially when we're over there in India or in Sub-Saharan Africa, working with HIV and AIDS-positive people who are dying. Um, what's wrong with us here in North America? You know, when I hear complaints about stuff, I'm thinking, you don't know from complaints. What's interesting about this, when, I, when we're dealing with people who have absolutely nothing, no entitlements, no, no health care, no garbage removal, no, no, uh, no police, no due process of law, no protection of any kind, and less than $2 a day. And yet, again and again and again, we discover, after they've met the Lord, full joy. Hmm. I mean, do we have something to learn from this or what? Yes, we do. You know, I, you know, I hear North Americans complaining about the cost of living. I understand that. Sure, okay. Well, you have a house, you have a car, you have food. Uh, you probably are on the internet. 
and the cost of living is a little high right now. So, mm-hmm. how about how about living with nothing? You know, I mean, uh, yesterday I was at my desk writing, and I look out the window, and there's a garbage collection going on. Well, shoot, garbage collection. What's that? Mm-hmm. You know, even in places like Lusaka, Zambia, or Harare, Zimbabwe, or Longwe, Malawi, uh, street after street, it's just. Go, go to Nairobi, Kenya. In the in some of the big slums there, I mean, it's sewage, it's it's putrefying mass of junk, and and, and and cholera and stink, and 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 this is an everyday reality, you know. So the only way I can deal with it, because you know, in the first few years I'd come back and I'd be angry. I mean, that's counterproductive. I, I learned I had to be just as sensitive to cross-cultural adaptation when I came back to my home culture as I am to cross-cultural adaptation when I go to my to the foreign cultures. Uh, other, uh, without that, I don't think I could survive this. Mm. Well, it's interesting because you had some pictures, and these pictures illustrate in, in Africa some of the people that you're ministering to, yeah. or ministered to. Yeah, I, I, I've shown a few pics of uh, people who are very ill. Um, th- th- this one, which I showed a few days ago, still gets to me. 19 years of age, and she was dying as I spoke to her, um, born HIV positive, sickle cell anemia, covered with skin cancer, tuberculosis, couldn't even hardly open her eyes, could whisper, but couldn't speak. Then um, I was able to pray with her that the Lord would take her home soon because she's ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, you know, what do you do with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I often say to Kathy, you know, as we encounter such powerful faith on the part of those who are almost on the very threshold of heaven, um, who's ministering to whom here? Mm-hmm. You know, we think we're ministering to them. They're ministering to us. Yeah, that's right. They're showing us that our entitlements come and go. Yeah. Our life comes and goes. We need to love the Lord. Yeah, we do. WowMission.com, WowMission.com. That's where you go to support Jim and help him in his ministry as he helps in South Africa and India and other places. This is very important and very important right now. So make sure you do that. Let's get back to the program. Again, I want to remind you three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that we are on a prayer meeting live on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV. And uh, you need to join us because we pray for the things of the world and then we pray for your needs. So God can touch and he does. God answers prayer. There's a lot of prayer requests that are answered there and it's just great. Today, let's pray. Father, we need to keep your word in front of our lives. Help us to do that every day, in Jesus' name. 